Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. I'm looking at the team breaking the bias. Uh, I'd say breaking the bias doesn't apply to you. You kind of burst through the bias, don't you? You don't stand in ceremony. You're you're not afraid of it at all. No, it has. Uh, to be honest, and, and the truth is, it has never affected me. I've never thought of myself in a gender uh, way. I just deal with issues, and I believe that we're all equal, male or female. And certainly, I think most biases are something that are in your own mind, and that if you decide you can't do it or it's male-dominated, well, that's probably right. Whereas if you decide that you can do it, and it doesn't matter whether it's male or female, you're also right. I mean, going back over the years, when you decided to move from your your business and, of course, you were president of the World Holliers Association into politics, uh, I mean, I was there when you were, you, you were championed by Fine Gael, then you took the... I've charted your journey, have it all logged as a matter of interest. Uh, and, I mean, along the way, did, was bias an issue that you dealt with? I think, look, politics is a very, it's not something that you would equate life through because it is a very difficult game. And I heard Maura, and I would say Maura is one of the most inclusive politicians, and she regards politics as all parties and none, and we're all equal. I have, I do feel sometimes, you know, that I can attend events as an independent politician and also a woman, whereby I'm ignored by my peers. It's not even recognized that I'm there. And I think what's wrong with that is, that if you're there, you're showing support for the people who have elected you and you should be recognised. And I think, you know, politicians, politics is a funny game, but we should understand one another and understand that if you're there, you're there to support, regardless of your political background. And what is your ultimate aim then, Verona, when it comes to politics? Could you see yourself joining a party, if not Fine Gael, some other party, eventually? Could you see yourself in a ministerial well, no, role? I think that is something, you know, that been there, worn the T-shirt, and I don't think it's for me, Alan. I, I am an independent, and I'm going to remain independent. And, I'm, you know, I know you've brought that up to me generally from texts from listeners, but no, yeah. people often then accuse me of voting with the government. My record actually shows a 50-50 vote. I voted with the government last year 50% of the time and against 50% of the time. And I think, for me, what that shows is that I have the people's interests at heart. If it's good for Wexford and it's good for the people of Wexford, I will endorse it regardless of whether it's a government or an opposition proposal and that's my voting record and my aim is to represent the people of Wexford give them a voice, make sure that their voice is heard, that's what I undertook to do when I ran uh, in the election and I very much hope that that's what people see me doing Do you feel you're given fair play when it comes to, to politics, for men in particular do, do they give you fair play? Yeah, I, I, again, I don't wait for men to give me fair play. I think ultimately, you know, I'm effective in opposition, whether I'm, you know, I am a woman, obviously. I just want to be effective opposition. I want to highlight the things that are wrong. We're going to discuss some of them now. I think in politics, it, it's not about being male or female, but ultimately we do have a deficit of women. We only have 33 female TDs in the country versus uh, the rest are men, you know, 120 odd men. So I think we do have to, if we're to have yeah. proportionate representation, we'll have to see more women elected. But it's about the mindset. Women have to want that. Women have to ensure that that's what they want and that they're doing it for the right reasons. And I think, you know, uh, things like the Women's Caucus, what Maura was discussing there, they're all going to help. But, you know, again, 
I just believe that you just have to have the mindset that we're all equal. All right, let's move on to the topics then. We have a number to get through. We link in with Angara Shikona, as we always do on a Tuesday. But before we do that, let's uh, look at uh, the dentistry situation. A pensioner phoned... I'll read some of these out to you to, to see what your view is. A pensioner phoned to say her dentist that she's been with for 25 years will give her a private appointment but will not accept her new medical card. She's very disappointed, as all these things matter to pensioners. Caller says he's two and a half years waiting for an appointment with a dentist and he's tried all areas around the county and he is a medical card holder. He has suffered tremendously with a toothache and he cannot get any help. This caller lives in Camp Pyle. He was told by a dentist that the HSC owed them €60,000 and that is why they don't take any medical card patients anymore. And that is across the board. These are the views of this listener, by the way. This man is on permanent disability, so really can't afford €120 to have a tooth out. Another pensioner phoned in. Her husband had to have a tooth removed and could not get on a medical card. Had to pay €100 for this and only gets €200 per week from the disability pension. It's scandalous what's happening in Ireland. Her generation worked hard all their lives and are now being penalised in their retirement years. They are so messages, Verona. They are, Alan, and they're messages that I deal with day on day, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about the dental scheme, the treatment services scheme. Effectively, we have 49,104 medical card holders in County Wexford who are eligible for this scheme. And in County Wexford, we have 26 dentists, or I should say had 26 dentists contracted to provide services under that scheme. Now, in effect, my parliamentary questions have yielded answers that tell me the 26 dentists are now left the service. So ultimately, if you receive a medical card in the morning, you, you're over 70 and you get your medical card, no dentist in County Wexford will take that medical card to provide a service. They may take, they may have taken you privately the week before, but for the reasons that have been outlined by your listeners, they're owed money, they've not been uh, renegotiated contracts with government since 2010. And I've been dealing with the Irish Dental Association on behalf of my, I mean, our dentists are my constituents all so they have raised the issue with me and in 2010 many of the schemes uh, were reduced in funding and that funding has not been made up and there's been, the, the Irish Dental Association commissioned an independent report uh, that was carried out by a professor for health economics Professor Kieran O'Neill of Queen's University uh, in Belfast and the reality is he's identified a number of, rec- he's made a number of recommendations but the biggest recommendation is that the scheme is underfunded and you know serve in that service uh, it's it, it's basically served to reduce the care provision and we have not increased that since 2010 so government really just needs to get its act together and, and negotiate with okay. the Irish Dental Association because these lists are getting longer and like you can't tell somebody who has a toothache that this scheme means that I've got to go and I've got to get prior approval to extract that tooth these are ridiculous measures that need to be addressed immediately. It can be gruesome tooth pain, I no longer have the issue because I no longer have any teeth but I I know what these people are going through uh, and, it, it, and I mean the, some of the stories coming in are horrendous so you'll keep your foot to the pedal on this particular issue and we talk to other yes, I will, and I have well. done and, 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 and I mean the other thing I want I, I don't know if you're coming to it but the Children's Disability Network if you, if you were yeah, going to address that yeah, you know give, give, the, yeah just give me a mention on that as well because I have a number of other yeah. issues I want to talk to you. You, you this is something which we'll be talking about later the whole disability area in the second hour of the show I'll be talking to Pauline Tully yeah, well, I think, you know, yeah. and this is 
why I'll be bringing these issues up in topical questions because they just continually need to be raised and addressed. And I spoke on this, I spoke to you about it probably six months ago now, and in that time we have an increase of 200 children on the waiting list. These lists are only going one way, unfortunately. And we now discover that we don't have uh, an OT currently in the disability teams in Wexford, on the disability team service in Wexford. So, you know, there's huge problems here. Um, if you, if you, you'll have seen in the national media, money doesn't appear to be the issue because the health service is doing away with billions every year. But the, there needs to be huge, um, I suppose, you need to really uproot the whole system because these waiting lists are just unacceptable. And if we are to cater for people in, you know, early intervention is key and early intervention is not happening here. The system is broken. And if the money is there, it needs to be allocated into the correct areas. All right, we will and be I'm speaking. going to persist with that, Alan. I'll also get a Sinn Féin perspective on this because I'll be speaking to their spokesperson, Disability and Cares, Pauline Tully, shortly after 11. Um... How did you feel when the news broke about the flood relief scheme in, in Enniscorthy? Did you smell a rat? Because you, you raised the issue, you discussed it with me on on uh, Friday morning, and then the, the news broke. Uh, Paul Kyo, to be fair to him, contacted me on Friday afternoon, and we broke it before uh, the local politicians actually heard it. So there's so many questions to be asked about this. Do you smell a rat in this issue? I don't, I don't smell a rat. I, I actually believe that, you know, it's, it's very disrespectful that the local politicians weren't told uh, prior to the national politicians. And I have to say, when I got notification, I even found the letter to be one that was a subjective view of Minister McGrath because he didn't have to say no to this scheme. He has chosen to say no. And we've seen this over the years. I mean, how many floods is it going to take, Alan, for the people of Enniscorthy? to get a flood relief scheme. The, Minister McGrath here has been asked on a number of occasions and he has always deferred to Minister Patrick O'Donovan. And I've only, I've sat in all these council meetings for the past two years, as you're well aware, and I've only ever heard the independent councillors own Jack Rowans and John O'Rourke question delays, asking for progress reports to be told by their counterparts, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil councillors, that, you know, they're persistently telling them the matter is in hand. And it was not a question of, 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 uh, you know, money, that it would be a question of planning. Yeah. And I think the reality here is, how have we ended up in a situation where we're talking about an environmental study or an impact assessment? that is preventing this from going ahead. Yeah. Like, Wexford County Council, it would appear to me, have questions to answer here. Who did they engage to carry out the studies? Who did they engage to design a flood relief scheme that didn't cater for the environmental impact? Why are we wasting money in this regard? You know, we hear, we read in the paper from James Brown, it can be resubmitted. Why are we resubmitting it? Why are we not doing it and using the taxpayers' money efficiently? I think it's an absolute scandal. I do not believe that the people of Enniscorthy will accept it. And I think the freshwater peril has been in those waters long and before any environmental impact study was to be carried out. But I do believe that if there's questions to be answered, they should be asked and answered transparently. If we're going to continue to waste taxpayers' money and have nothing to show for it, you know, I think people, you can't live in fear. And people are living in fear. That's for sure. Every year. 
and equally government can't decide on schemes and whether they give the go-ahead or not based on the fear of judicial review that's a process that's there it's a, de- a democratic process and ultimately you've seen the gla- that glambia uh, the cheese plant in 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 waterford that got to go ahead, but it did have to go through the process. And okay. if government would take that view, we would probably be at, be at the end of that process and have a proper real decision, not a subjective view of one minister. I have to link in with Angarda Shikana for their weekly update, but before I do that, can I get a quick comment from you on the spiralling fuel costs, a hat you used to wear. Um, are you worried about it? And uh, what do you think? Can the government reduce the VAT, for example, and give all, all of us hard-pressed motorists, and particularly the haulier a break. Yeah, I think, Alan, this is now a question of emergency measures and needs must. Governments are behind the curve on this. Our EU neighbours have taken significant measures and it's not just to assist the haulage industry, but ultimately, if their costs increase, it increases the cost of living for us all. But I mean, soon people are going to be looking at whether or not to take their car out. You've got bus operators complaining, taking the children to school. Their increases, their costs have doubled and effectively, you know, you're looking at huge increases on taking children to school but last Friday I again and I mean I've been at this since the budget I asked government to take care of inflationary increases and they didn't do it. We're now in war times and the Taoiseach yesterday repeated a number of times on the airwaves that we're not in ordinary times we find ourselves in exceptional war times and we need to take exceptional measures. Now I want the Taoiseach to actually apply that and remove all tax and all excise and all that for you know it can be reviewed on a monthly basis but that is actually the measure that is now required to keep people in their jobs to keep businesses from going bust and to allow people to heat their homes these are exceptional times which require extraordinary measures and I hope they listen because other countries have carried out these measures. Romania have reduced all tax by 50% bringing their litre of fuel down to a euro and four cent. We're currently paying almost two euros a litre. 50% of that right. is going to government in tax. It's just not acceptable. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.